Welcome to the Old Asian Lady Show. I'm your host, Sharon Landon, and I would like to introduce today's guest, distinguished guest, Dr. Mei Chu Cheng. Dr. Cheng, thank you so much for coming to um, have this conversation with me today. Well, it's a pleasure. Um, Sharon, just call me Mei. Okay, great. Since Thanks. we know each other, <laughs> yes. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to go talk a little bit about um, your background. Now, you were born in Taiwan, and then you moved to Australia when you were very young. Yes. Um, you received a degree in psychology at the University of Melbourne. Yeah. And then you got your master's degree as well as your PhD from Boston University. That's right. Okay. So you also worked uh, with the U.S. government for a period of time before you moved into working at the World Bank. That's correct. You were at the World Bank for over 30 years, or 30 yes. years, right? Yes, for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, during that time, you spent uh, um, a lot of time working in project mm -hmm. management. Mm -hmm. You developed uh, and designed uh, analytical problems, um, solving problems for the, with them. And also you worked with a lot of decision makers, policy makers, ministers of different countries in three different continents uh, within your work scope. And I understand that you made a lot of um, new changes within the education system, as well as uh, helping to create new laws and policies within these organizations. Hopefully. Countries. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, I know that you did. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to uh, start off with uh, asking you about um, what it was like to uh, move to Australia from Taiwan during at an, uh, a young age that that you were, how did it? Well, you know? yeah, I moved there when I was 11 years old. I uh, just finished the fifth grade, uh, not yet the sixth grade. So I went into the sixth grade in um, primary school in Australia. And uh, I was the only Asian uh, in class. Mm. In fact, um, when I said I came from Taiwan, everybody said, Nobody knew what I was. I mean, absolutely no one. Nobody's even heard of the place. But then there will be some smart kid who will say, oh, I know where it is. It's Thailand, right? Yeah, it still is happening to this day. Yes, People right. think Taiwan is Thailand. Okay, no, it's Taiwan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, um, and uh, I think that uh, Australia had, oh, had uh, for a very long time the quite Australian policy. Mm -hmm. So it's rare to see colored people or non-white people there. Mm -hmm. So not only I was the only white Asian kid in the class, yeah. the only one from a nondescript country. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, um, you get used to it. Yeah, did you have problems adjusting to life though? In the, I know you said there were you were the only Asian person as well. I mean, I had that as well, yeah. uh, living in the States. So, yeah. Um, yeah, was it difficult adjusting because of that? Or it was... Um, I think as a kid, it's, uh, it's, um, you, you do adjust. Mm -hmm. As a kid, at a young age, you can adjust very quickly. Mm 
And I would say, the by and large, the uh, friends, the kids, they were very, they were friendly, mm -hmm. and uh, teachers were very friendly, mm -hmm. and uh, in fact, um, because uh, the math standard in Taiwan is like two standards above, <laughs> at least Australia. <laughs> I know definitely over US. They uh, so. They thought I was the smartest kid in class just because I've learned a lot of these uh, uh, math problems already <laughs> oh, so you before fit anybody in, else. Yeah, you fit into the really smart Asian person at yeah, school, right? Yeah, yeah. but because uh, my English was zero, oh, okay. I hardly learned the, I hardly know the alphabet. Mm -hmm. um, How long did it take you to uh, get fluent or, or have well, yeah, it took me a, probably a long time to get, become fluent, but I got used to, uh, I was able to communicate, I guess, within a year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say fluently, mm -hmm. but I was able to communicate. Uh, in fact, when I graduated, uh, I remember the principal gave me a, a, a book as a prize for the most uh, progressive student in class. Oh, really? <laughs> Okay. Um, now I know that you got your degree, or or, or you you studied, uh, got your PhD in um, bicultural bilingual bilingual education. education. Yeah. Was that something that you always wanted to do? I mean, because of what happened of moving to Australia and having to do that, or or was there other things that you thought you were going to do or wanted to do when you were? Well, yeah. I, I um, when I moved to Australia, I was always interested in languages. Mm -hmm. I, th you know, and then I, because I was pushing to learning a new language, so I decided I wanted to learn as many languages as I could. So I took up French and German in 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 school, you know, in uh -huh. high school. Not that I became terribly fluent either, but anyway, I took the classes. I, I did well in class, but I, I, uh, but I never really became fluent, oh. you know, in spoken. It was just high school French, high school German. Right, right. Um, but I was interested in languages. Okay. Yeah, I took the usual uh, French as my um, second language type of thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So actually, I was reading um, your biography, which I'll show, share with the audience a little bit later, but that you um, thought you wanted to be a writer or a novelist or something, and you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, when I was in uh, Taiwan, I was, uh, that was the time of Chunyao. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, she, she, had, uh, she was the most famous author and awesome. popular okay. author at that time. I read okay. a lot of her book. Mm -hmm. The second uh, type of book I read a lot uh, was uh, Wu Xia. Wu Xia, uh, Martial, martial, martial arts, arts martial books. Arts okay. books. Interesting. Yes. Why is that? Well, um, my father taught at the Melbourne University in the Oriental Studies uh, mm -hmm. in Chinese. Mm -hmm. And uh, interestingly, I think the, um, the head of the department really interested in uh, wuxia, oh, okay. martial arts uh, stories. So the entire library of uh, uh, um, the Oriental Studies, uh, well, the Oriental Studies department contained, the library contained the entire series of 
martial arts stories. Wow. You know, like Jing Yong, all of it. Oh, all <laughs> like, of it. Okay, I'm not familiar with that title, yeah, but you read yeah, a lot but, of martial arts books when you were younger. That's interesting because one of your daughters is in martial arts. She's quite famous with for her martial arts I, skills I, now, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. okay. So, um, uh, how far did you ever get into being a novelist? Bef well, I wrote in, uh, when I was in, uh, uh, yeah, my mother actually encouraged me in that direction. So, I, I wrote something and submitted to the newspaper, Chinese newspaper, Zhongyang Zhongyang Yibao, that at that time, it was published. Oh, really? As a as a, as a sixth grader. <laughs> oh, what was it? What was it about? What was the? Oh, the just story? my experience in Australia. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And and was that a positive or negative thing? I mean, in your a, article. It was a negative. Uh, it was a very positive. Oh, thing. okay. It was a very positive thing. Oh, great! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Published when you were. Yeah, sixth grade. Sixth grade, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I published much uh, later on, but I also continue to be interested in languages. Mm -hmm. So my degree was, uh, PhD degree was actually bilingual education uh, with concentration on psycholinguistics, okay. which means uh, learning yeah. languages, how to learn languages. Okay. Yeah. So there's like a special way that helps you learn a language better than what we do in school? The um, they it's school? a study of how children learn languages. So uh, it consists of they actually go to the, you know, record, you know, babies mm -hmm. from the day they were born and, and different stages of language development. Okay. Uh, and um, just see how they learn. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and uh, also how to learn a second, a second language. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's so important nowadays because there's so much cross-cultural mixing going around and people, I mean, almost it seems like if you uh, are getting anywhere or going anywhere, you kind of need to know at yes. least two, two languages. Yeah, you know? yeah, and people from, uh, say, bilingual homes, they uh, mm -hmm. code switching a lot, um, code switch maybe go from one language to another, mm -hmm. like I just did. Yeah, right. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you do it very easily, so that's good. So, um, being educated in Australia, yeah, um, you went to the university there, as we say, got your degree in psychology, and then also getting your PhD, master's and PhD in uh, the U.S. Was there a difference in the the educational systems that? Yeah, that, yeah. Australia followed the um, followed entirely the British system. Okay. So, in fact, yeah, the, uh, they're going to further depths in their um, bachelor's degree. Where, whereas in the U.S., they are into broad education, no matter mm -hmm. which, you know, you sort of don't decide on a major in your first or second year. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Australia, you sort of decide on a major. So, you know, we really went into depths, um, much greater depths than in. So when I was doing my Ph.D., um, psychology was still a found one of the foundational um, studies in uh, even for bilingual education because we study uh, psychology to study how your mind functions. So it's still a very basic course. So um, in fact, when I came to the U.S., I found uh, the PhD course was really easy because oh, really? Uh, because I had the uh, 
Psychology Foundation in Australia, which right. was a little boy the best. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. it's funny because you went from Taiwan to Australia, where your math mathematics was a lot higher level. But then you're saying that in Australia, for university degrees, it was they were a lot higher than. The U.S. Yeah, because they were concentrated. Oh, Say in psychology, okay. they really went into it. Oh, interesting. And they didn't get you into uh, have a lot of courses. You mm -hmm. know, they didn't go for the broad education that U.S. does. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, now you got your Ph.D. at age 26. Um, most people are on average get their Ph.D.s when they're. I looked it up when they're 31 and a half. So oh, really? Oh. Did you have any type of um, pressure about the, 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 your degree or the topics of, of your study or um, the, the, speed, uh, the speed of your achievement? I mean, was there any ever any pressure? Oh, no, no pressure, no pressure. But, the, um, um, but I can tell you there were some incentives. Mm -hmm. uh, first... Um, Yes, I told you before, because uh, the U.S. Uh, system, uh, the, the Australian system was more advancing psychology. So many of the courses I took in the U.S. were too easy for me. <laughs> Not too easy, but oh, easy for me. So right. I, you know, I, took a, I was able to take many courses mm -hmm. uh, in one go. Oh. So, um, so I went through the courses so very quickly and then i went into the stage of writing the dissertation now the dissertation is the stumbling block actually for most people mm -hmm. but they take very long time because yes. by the time they uh, finish all their courses they think uh, they need to get a job mm -hmm. um, by the time they get into a job they don't have time to write their thesis Oh. But I, I saw my classmates doing that, mm -hmm. you know, they got a job and they slowed down in their writing the thesis. Mm -hmm. I, in fact, got a job because of my, uh, I also published articles when I was in, uh, doing my PhD degrees. Okay. Was it's, it in English or in English, Chinese? English. Okay. In, entirely English. So my Chinese publication was only in sixth grade. That was, okay. <laughs> that stopped. That stopped. <laughs> and, uh. By the time I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I published with my uh, co, my, you know, uh, colleagues in the, uh, in my PhD program, you know, and uh, I actually got in, an interview, because of my publication, I got an interview from the U.S. Department of, Edu of Education. Mm -hmm. Somebody called me up and said, uh, um, oh, we want you to make a presentation of your, pub you know, the article you published. So I did. So they actually paid for my ticket, everything, and that was a big deal for me. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, to go to Washington and make the presentation and everything. Mm -hmm. and, um, and at that time, I already finished all my courses. I published the article. And then uh, after the presentation, and I was uh, interviewed by uh, the people there, and they were asking me whether I was interested in a job there. You know, it's just like that. <laughs> so it was really smooth. You didn't have to go beg for a job or no, no, a lot no, of jobs. No, they, uh, they begged me for a job. Well, that, that, <laughs> I wish that happened there. Too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, In fact, uh, they said, yeah, um, then um, I think that we went, actually, I went back uh, 
again, to interview other people because mm -hmm. uh, by the time they decided they want me, mm -hmm. they had to go through the, you know, the usual round of interview of different departments and what's not. Uh, so I went back and then um, and by the second round of interviews, they said, oh, we want to offer you the job. But I said, I'm still in the process of study. Uh, I finished my, all my courses. I mm -hmm. still have to write my dissertation. They said, well, we will wait for you, you know. Wow. <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so that was the pressure. Mm -hmm. Then I thought, oh, oh I, I'm, right. gonna, I'm not going to be like my, my colleagues who, mm. yeah, you know, get their PhD at 31 right. because they couldn't finish their dissertation. So I actually just focus on writing my dissertation. Okay, because of the job offer. It's interesting because I was thinking, oh, I was wondering yeah. if your parents had um, given you any no, pressure no, for no doing pressure, that. No pressure. I was in, my parents were in Australia already mm -hmm. and always, they, they stayed there and I went to US. Um, no pressure whatsoever except for me. I said, uh, I'm not going to be like my colleague, uh, colleagues um, getting their PhD 30 in my life. I want to finish my PhD before I started my job. Mm -hmm. So I was working day and night oh. and doing absolutely nothing as, as writing, writing wow. my PhD, yeah, my, writing my dissertation. So, but that still took like a seven or eight months, wow. which, which is a record, you know, I mean, yeah. it still took a long time. Seven, eight. Does it usually take a couple of years for yeah, people to do Yeah, it could, that? It, it can, oh. it can. Um, but by the time I, so, uh, uh, you know, by then I, um, I said, you know, then uh, they waited, the, the, the job waited for me. That was also the amazing part for such right. a long time. Right. But being the government, they also take a long time to do the processing. Oh, so, so they, it kind of worked out. It kind of worked out. The timing worked out. The timing kind of worked out. They didn't think it was a long wait. I thought, my God, they're waiting for me. They're waiting for me. That's that's the that's the that pressure. That was the pressure that you, that's you the gave pressure yourself. that I, right, I gave right. myself. So, yeah. uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, so I managed to f finish everything, and then um, before I so I got my degree before I went to uh, have an actual job. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So within, uh, I mean, both living and working in Australia as well as in uh, in the U.S. Did you ever find that ever being an Asian was um, difficult or were there any cultural challenges that you had to deal with? I mean, it, it doesn't sound like it because you got your job right away with the government and they were all after you, but was there anything that, that you felt that uh, made you even push yourself harder in ways that other than what we we're just talking about in terms of your... You know, I. I'm very old. There's no way in hell. We're all getting old. <laughs> in fact, I'm 70 years old now. <laughs> oh. Well, since this is an OAL show, I might as well give you a <laughs> And uh, so at um, my time, really, you know, um, women stay home. And especially, mm -hmm. uh, I think even particularly in the Western world, Staying mm -hmm. home and do your be a housewife the was housewife. the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my mother who pushed me to go to leave Australia and go to U uh, U.S. Oh, so you wanted to stay in Australia? You didn't want to come to U.S. Um, yeah, I wasn't you know eager, but my okay. sister and my brother 
but already in U.S. But mm -hmm. my mother said, you know, you are, you, are, you are a member of the Chu family. Being a Chu, mm -hmm. you have to get your PhD. Otherwise, you are considered uneducated. Oh, go and okay, get, let's... Go, go and get yourself educated. Because, you know, I've got this aunt who had a PhD. I think I got, you know, two or three aunts. Oh. Who's got their so PhD. So you had to live up to the family standards. Yeah, then. yeah, especially for women. Oh, <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. uh, so that's the reason I, I went to U.S. and... But by the time I went there, I didn't have any pressure. Mm -hmm. But in terms of uh, the uh, the world outside, yeah, the world outside was not only again uh, I would say against Asian, ignored Asians, but also ignored uh, women in the yeah. workplace. They yeah. didn't. Yeah, women was not considered. Uh, you know, I still get. You know, even in the neighborhood uh, where. Um, they all housewives. In fact, in my mm -hmm. neighborhood, they all housewives. Yeah. And they said, you know, um, you know, having a family dinner is a key thing in your house. You know, so they're looking at me as, as if you know, you're not do, you're not being a good mother and whatever. Yeah, you're stepping outside of the stereotype of, yeah, of yeah, what a yeah, woman should yeah. be or something. Yeah, yeah, I think I got a lot of that as both a woman and and an Asian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's changed quite a bit, but there's yeah. still a lot of that type of thing, you know, in 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 a lot of different places. But progress compared progress. to when you were yeah, you it's, were it's certainly going and, that. Uh, and I feel like um, because of that, I need to set an example and be a pioneer. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I really, really set an example because after I started working for the World Bank, right. Um, you, not not that the World Bank is anti-Asian, not at all. But mm -hmm. I was, uh, um, it took me a long time before I got sort of, a, sort of a tenure position. But anyway, I started off working on China. Mm -hmm. That was uh, that was first for a Taiwanese. Oh. Because at that time, uh, we were at war, so-called. Right. Which we were, we didn't fight, but we were at war with each other. Mm -hmm. And so, from Taiwan, if you went to mainland China, that's considered treason. Is that oh, right? was it? It was in the 1980s, I think. Yeah, that you the, went. Okay, yeah, was after, right. Yeah. It was right around the time that oh, they, cultural, they, revolution. cultural revolution. So it was finished, though. It finished time, that but, time, but mm -hmm. uh, everybody was still under the. Uh, you know, if you look around the street, everybody were. The mouth, the mouth suit, like the uniform, right, right, in the gray old, yeah, the gray suit. Mm -hmm. Nobody wore anything else on the mm -hmm. street. It's all the same, yeah. And uh, just after the Cultural Revolution, and I, the, when I went in, they had to ask me. Yeah, well, obviously, I was uh, I was Chinese, mm -hmm. you know, the Chinese face. I had to fill a, a lot of extra forms about whether uh, I know anybody in China, had any relatives. So I had to write, write them down. Oh. Um, in fact, because I had uh, my mother's sister there, the, so I actually got to see them because mm -hmm. I wrote them down and they brought them to see me in the hotel. You know, oh, you know. right. Yeah. So it was, it was the separation because your family was in Taiwan. So during the war and all of that stuff, there was no contact we, with no, none right? whatsoever. Yeah. At that time, it was not allowed at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was no, if there were any contact, they go through Hong Kong, US, whatever. 
you know, it's like for them there, if they had any contact outside, especially during the Cultural Revolution, you would be considered, uh, 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 you know, having enemy, you know, some, right. yeah, some uh, in cohort with the enemy. You okay. could be severely punished. Right. So aside from having to do all the paperwork um, that allowed you to and, and answer all these type of questions and stuff like that, were there any um, challenges, other challenges or whatnot? Of, in, of China, in China, in China, in China, um, uh, the challenge was that I have a Chinese face mm. and I was obviously Chinese. Right. So they thought, oh, uh, I was, I must be obviously the, um, the interpreter or the kind of the, the research, uh, the assistant that tag along. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, um, that was a challenge. In fact, uh, you know, uh, as a World Bank team, you were given absolutely top level treatment. Mm -hmm. But I was, you know, even in, in the hotel, you know, we were, we were in, the, in the best suites and everything. But except that the, in one place, they thought I was a, a, just an interpreter. They yeah. said, oh, the, it's, yeah. a, it's a little tight. Can you just uh, uh, make, uh, sleep with our interpreter in the same room? I was absolutely furious. Yeah. At that time, I started bursting like I, I was, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, using the worst words you can hear in Chinese and shouting almost, right. you know, because I was so angry. I said, just because I have a Chinese face. Yeah. But I'm a World Bank team, not only that, mm -hmm. you know, I'm kind of a, a leader of the team. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I, I feel like that type of thing happens still now a lot. Yeah. You know, maybe as not as drastic as what happened with you before, because I also have had experience working in, in China or in Shanghai. I was at the Portman Hotel, yeah. and I was with my girlfriend, yeah. um, and I just happened to be playing with her son or her, yeah. And somebody mistaken me for the the eye or the maid. Yeah. And I was upset at my girlfriend because I'm I'm thinking, how come you didn't sign up for me? You know. So it's the sense of identity and the way that people see yeah. your out external. Um, yeah. Well, at that time, you know, everybody on delegation they were white, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But I uh, mostly male. Okay. Old male, <laughs> old male, yeah, old, yeah, old male. And so I was obviously the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. But being a male, I, was, I I experienced that in the U.S. When I was okay. in U.S. in the U.S. Department of Education, I was already the team leader, and and I visit you know different uh, projects in the country. Uh, I stay in the you know, Westin Hotel, one mm -hmm. of the premier yeah, hotels in Los hotels. Angeles. Yeah. And then um, I went for a swim, mm -hmm. and then this, then then this, the maid come up and look at me as if I was the I was the maid. Right. right. I, you know. Well, anyway, I guess that, there's yeah, yeah. That that could that could happen. <laughs> but that's but, that's China. Yeah. But I tell you, uh, in other countries, uh, after China, I was sent to Pakistan. Mm -hmm. um, because we were we we actually supposed to move around. That's that's the you know, like a diplomat. You move around every three years. Mm -hmm. That is uh, World Bank is like the United Nations. Is right. we hold a diplomatic passport. 
a UN okay. passport. Right. So when oh, I go, yeah. So when I went to China, I didn't have to probably get in or anything, but because they saw my Chinese face, yes, they yeah. they want me to write all this form. But that was they, that was actually being kind. They want to know if I had any relatives so they can see me. That was that was the reason. Oh, well, that, that I was see. Not I being, see. Uh, you know, that was being kind. Right. But anyway, that was. Uh, but uh, after that, I went to um, Pakistan. Uh, Pakistan is that part then, of the Middle East? Or yeah, Middle East was part a part of the Middle East, East and then, uh, and then, then it became South Asia. Then the World Bank, you know, sort of has several change of um, reorganization. Mm -hmm. What exactly uh, does the World Bank do? I mean, I was always confused about that, but maybe briefly. Yeah, exactly. Very few people know. Uh, it's it's World Bank by its name by the mm -hmm. oh, it's, it, a it's, also, it's a bank okay except it's a very unique bank because it lends only to um, developing countries it only lends money to countries okay. uh, not to people so mm -hmm. I always have friends coming up so uh, can I have a house loan uh, oh. no <laughs> we don't do that <laughs> that's not what we do you, you have to be <laughs> a, no 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 you we have you have to be a country it's like uh, if you're a doctor and then they'll come up and to you yes. and say oh can you check my uh, yes yeah, oh, something okay. or rather right, yes, right, yeah, right. yeah yes so mm -hmm. uh, we lend to countries but we only lend to poor countries okay so World Bank's mission is actually poverty alleviation that's our mission mm -hmm. to alleviate poverty in the world so to <laughs> big job. Big job. Of yeah. course, it, it never ends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I've been at the World Bank 30 years. There's uh, even more poverty. It just never ends. Right. It's, uh, yeah, as long as you, as you have human beings, I think. That's another thing. <laughs> um, it never They're ends. They're still working on that. Yeah, right, right. still working on that. It'll never end until sort of the God comes down, whatever. Um, but uh, so at that time, uh, uh, so the country's GDP per capita mm -hmm. had to be a certain level, below a certain level, okay, uh, to, be, to be eligible. So, oh, so China, when you were China. China right. was a poor country. China at that time was like uh, 200 something in, in terms of poverty. Can you believe it? Now it's number two in the world. Oh, oh right. 30 years. Yeah, yeah. It looked, it's amazing. went from 200 okay, something mm -hmm. to number two. Mm -hmm. uh, so China, of course, by World Bank, it's the, the economic miracle. And China proud, prides itself as being, having been a part of it. Because we help to alleviate poverty. Poverty is, is a, and China alleviated like one quarter of the world's population's poverty. It's yeah, <laughs> just helping China, right? Just yeah, because of the population. Yeah, it's just helping right. China. We've already World Bank's uh, sort of a uh, key performance indicator already went up. So you made a big difference in in China, and then you said that you went to Pakistan, and uh, that their situation. I guess I don't know how if it's as it's as then. poor as China at that time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but they also uh, extremely mismanaged the, the government is. Uh, forever in debt, um, um, so they need to borrow more money to cover the debt. Uh, oh. So they never ha have enough money. If they don't get it in the loan, they will not survive. <laughs> that's, that's but was it part of the World Bank's job to say, hey, okay, this is your fourth loan coming and, I mean, to You've regulate been reform, it in some yeah, way? Yeah, we, we, had the, 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 we have a sister agency called IMF. 
-hmm. They come they specifically for uh, economic develop uh, economic development, especially they rescue uh, uh, countries that are about to be in default. Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so they needed a loan to, right. to give them to. Uh, oh, so oh they, they they always need uh, I am. I have a loan is quick, like, you know, once it's approved, it goes. Okay. Our loan is very, very slow because we develop, we do de development work, mm -hmm. um, uh, economic development covering everything from infrastructure, transportation, um, to education is one, and health. Uh, nutrition, social security. Mm -hmm. oh, so they have to anything have that, progress, show progress. If they get a loan yeah, from World Bank, yes. something has to happen. Are so, you able to see yes. improvement? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, you have to show some progress before we release next tranche of loan. Right. Okay. That, that sort of thing it does. So there are very many departments in the World Bank. Mm -hmm. I, I happen, I not happen because of my background. I'm in the education department naturally. So I meet with, uh, uh, basically my counterpart will be ministries of education. Mm -hmm. I meet with ministers of education around different countries mm -hmm. and discuss them uh, with them about the national education plan mm -hmm. and discuss about possible re education reform. Mm -hmm. And uh, we bring experts around the world, um, like um, as a team leader, I would bring in. Uh, so I have, I have a large number of consultants mm -hmm. um, just for this project mm -hmm. because I have different projects. So if I have... Yeah, you're a, managing a lot uh, of yeah, different... If I have a higher education project, I would bring in uh, higher education specialists, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. university presidents, mm -hmm. um, and so forth. Right. Uh, to, uh, of course, I, I always have to have an economist Mm -hmm. And uh, as World Bank, you wouldn't believe it. We always bring an architect on the team oh, because we build school. We had actually, yeah, like in China, actually, the first project they wanted, the government wanted, was a, a university project. A university uh, project. And we said we are here for poverty alleviation. We want to try to uh, uh, help the poor by uh, trying uh, increasing uh, primary schools. Said, okay, oh, no. and they wanted to start with the yeah. university. Said, oh, no, no, no. We don't have to start with the university. Okay. They said, they realized, they actually said this. They said, we know we are behind other countries. Mm -hmm. That is because we don't have scientific progress. So we have to start at the top. We have to make out, and they select the 10 key university as the first project. The Tsinghua University, the Beida, the, okay. all, okay. all the key, around the country, basically. Mm -hmm. They start with the 10 key university the most famous that everybody knows. And then uh, they started the provincial key universities. Mm -hmm. Every province had a university. So they had a, actually a series of university projects. Well, were there that many people going to universities at the time? 1%. I mean, coming out of the... 1%. 1% in the 1980s of yeah. students going to the university, and they wanted to start from there. I mean, so they, up, yeah. down, rather than down, up. Yeah, right? exactly. They said, let's educate a small group of uh, 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 scientists, uh, technical people, so mm -hmm. that we can have progress in our country. Mm -hmm. Because we are so behind other countries, we need, we need uh, scientific progress first. Oh. Those people will become leaders and become a BA. Actually, they, they better actually work. But yeah. actually, it actually shocked. 
the delegation, the World Bank delegation right. went there. They said, this is a communist country. You are about poverty. You are about people. The uh, You want to help the farmers and peasants. Uh, now you want to help the, you know, the elite. Elite yeah. of the elite, basically. Yeah. You know, the the 1%. With not only the 1%, but the 1% of 1%. 1%. Because uh, the key universities were the only, you know, the the, the smartest of the smartest get right. in there. Right. And, the, and by our studies, any country, uh, and the, uh, only the elite people or the richer people mm -hmm. get in. Because right. the poor people, they never get past primary school. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that's why, that's why by definition, the people who are in the university mm -hmm. are the already elite of the country. Right. Um, so for, for your uh, work in pa Pakistan or the Middle East, I understand that you did, had a hand in uh, quite a significant change over there in terms of not only about World Bank, but in terms of uh, women's image in the Middle East, which which is quite different than yes. um, in the West. Yeah, yeah. Even in Asia. Yeah, like um, you know, uh, in my days, I thought I was a, I was sort of a pioneer. Mm -hmm. But uh, little did I know, I was truly a pioneer in the Middle East because those are Muslim countries. Um, Pakistan, in particular, mm -hmm. even more traditional than other countries. Mm -hmm. Like um, if you go to say Baluchistan, one of the provinces, you think you are in the 15th century or 16th century. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, women are uh, covered their face completely in black, and mm -hmm. you you can see a slit of uh, lace covering the eyes. The rest are all covered. I don't know. If it's you, still, it's still like it's that. Still in a that. Lot of, it's still that. Um, I mean, I think in Muslim yeah. countries there are yeah. still women that wear the. Yeah, if you go to Yemen like that, you, yeah. yeah. A lot but I think them. a lot of the women now in those countries are really trying to stand up and say, "Why is it that we have to do that?" So there's some progress, but I would say, yes, uh, for that. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, well, in Pakistan particularly, I would say, I, I myself claim progress in the. Uh, like in Baluchistan, this is one of the four provinces there, which is most uh, um, undeveloped, let's say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, they, the discrimination of women against girls, like uh, they, for, they, they have to have segregated schools. Girls go to girls' schools, boys go to boys' schools. Right. This, uh, you know, the Chinese has an ancient saying that uh, women and men Women, men can never meet each other mm -hmm. unless you marry, you know, sort of thing. Um, so, so that was like that in Pakistan? They're still like that in That's, Pakistan. They're still like that in Pakistan. Yeah, that okay, was like, uh, I don't know how, what dynasty was that, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, right, yeah, yeah right. a couple thousand years back, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years, but they so, still like that. So yeah. it was really amazing. I was like, you know, I feel like I was winning a time machine. Mm -hmm. So the girls' school and boys' school issue. So because of they think girls should get married at 13, you know, and so there's no reason for girls to get educated education. at all. Okay. So they built like one, the number of girls' school compared to boys' school was only one-tenth. You know, for every 10 girl, boys' school, there's only one girls' school. 
So I yeah. said, okay, um, you want to build uh, more schools? Okay, I'm gonna build only girls' schools. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and World Bank has the um, the. Uh, the right to the say right that. to do that, right? To say uh, that. Yes, or, yes. We are. Uh, we you can. Oh, we encourage you to build as many schools as you like. Use your money, but with the World Bank money, you have to use. Uh, uh, you have to build only okay, girls' school. Okay, interesting. But in the girls' school, you can allow boys to come. <laughs> that oh, was my. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's how they worked around that. Right? That's how. That's how I, I helped the world work around that. Because in fact, the, for little girls, mm -hmm. the, because uh, they they are home. The reason they are home is they do housework, and they have to look after babies, younger brothers. Right. And the, if they go to school, mm -hmm. they have the who who will look after the younger brothers. Mm -hmm. They will bring their baby brothers to school now. <laughs> so that's oh, okay. They they think if they only you know two. Babies or children, right. it's okay. Very little, if they're really young, they let them to go to girls' school. So, and not the this this not only prompted more girls to go to school, but also prompted more female teachers. Mm. There were not enough female teach. There were not enough girls educated girls in the entire province. Mm -hmm. So of course, there's nobody who's educated enough to be a teacher. So right. in other. So we had mobile teacher training program. Okay. Uh, so which is uh, you know like a bus, uh, like uh, you know you you did you you. Re you have to bus them in. You you refurnish no you bus the faculty. Oh, you 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 uh, ref uh, refurbish a bus and uh, then have bring the school? faculty members in oh, oh, to okay. the countryside. Okay, I see. And, and go around and train the. Uh, Girls oh, to become yeah, teacher training centers mm -hmm. is on a bus mm -hmm. because the girls can't get out of the the house. They're not allowed to leave the house. Right, that makes that so, makes total so, sense. So 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 the uh, fix the problem. Yeah, right? so we we uh, we had a mobile teacher training center. Okay. So the teacher training center in the city will send their bus to the countryside, mm -hmm. and uh, let the uh, girls who had at least a secondary. Who has at least a secondary education, sub secondary education to be trained, so okay, so they can be primary teachers if they had uh, been trained as a secondary as a teacher. teacher. Right. So in uh, this way, uh, we enhance the status of women, women, because girls could never have a job. Yeah. Now they have a job. Yeah. It's a civil servant job. Yeah, and this is part a lot of what you've you've put that, into that, that country. Yeah, and, that yeah. was into that thinking. But you know, things you know sort of fell apart again. The uh, country fell apart again. Uh, you know, you know the uh, prime minister Benazir Bhutto, the first prime minister woman, she got assassinated. So you yeah. know, countries all for yeah. every chaos. things have not yeah, yeah. changed that much, even yeah. though things have. But I I also. Um, uh, remember reading or seeing that uh, you were one of the very first foreign women or women woman to attend uh, meetings with uh, the high-level um, ministers and agencies uh, of the country in the Middle East, right? And at that it's time, definitely, they're definitely Pakistan. Pakistan. Because Pakistan is uh, one of the countries that's. Uh, uh, most are in development. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, the ministers or anybody with government position were all men, completely right. men. And so, uh, so everywhere I went, they thought I was a spouse. 
they will opt. Yeah, open. that's the other issue. <laughs> yeah, they they will automatically go to the. Usually they go to the main the delegation. Mm -hmm. They will. They think he's the team leader. And yeah. the team they go. No, she's a team leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They would always say, oh, the spouse, uh, we have to uh, take you shopping or something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. They want to arrange something for me to go shopping. I said, no, I'm the team leader and I have to work. <laughs> <laughs> but Pakistan is a, a special case in that uh, it, it's, uh, it, was a lot, it was good to have a lot of men in my delegation because I can't walk out of the hotel room without a man. Mm -hmm. Because women walking on the street, by herself is considered a prostitute. Oh, you you boy. would get. <laughs> were you unwanted people coming out? Did you have to, or were you requested to ha wear a? Um, I I had a scarf, a, a scarf like yours. Okay, so you you did have to wear one. I had the, to cover in up Pakistan. I just have to wear a scarf, uh, just a very long scarf. But it doesn't have to cover your face completely. Okay. Was that in the uh, 1980s or 90s or 2000s? Yeah, I think it still has. It's still now even. Okay. Uh, for foreign for yeah. foreign women, I mean. For like, for local women too. Okay. So, uh, yeah. For foreign yeah. women, they are really relaxed. Right. If you, if you don't, if you wear foreign dress, I think in Pakistan, it's okay. Okay. But in uh, but I actually had a lot of Pakistani dress. I bought okay, a lot you of bought them. a lot of them. Oh, and that shows yeah. respect for the, the culture yeah, yeah. and the country and as well. It's just easy because yeah. um, you because you have you if you were a foreign uh, a foreigner to go in there, you definitely have to cover your knees. So so I have a long a lot of long skirts. Right, right. Yeah, so in Middle East I have a long skirt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, to otherwise uh, Again, walking on the on the street, it it it, it could be dangerous yeah. if you're not wearing yeah, long amazing. long yeah. skirts or long sleeves. They think you are, um, <laughs> you're not a yeah popular you're one. yeah you're not <laughs> you're not a <laughs> you're an undesirable. Oh, I don't know, I might be <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so now that we've talked a lot about your business life and 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 with World Bank, I just want to know if you can share a little bit about your personal family life because I heard or I read that um, your your husband and you had a very very quick fast uh, romance whirlwind whirl, 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 whirlwind wedding <laughs> and that, that's very un-Asian like in the normal you know scheme of things but how did that happen can you just share a little about about how you uh met your husband well um yeah well it was like this um, i had a roommate uh when i was doing my phd mm -hmm. I, I shared a room with a uh um you know another woman mm -hmm. she uh, she actually already graduated she had well she had a job she in boston Mm -hmm. So, which, you know, uh, as a student, we're not too rich. So we, <laughs> we rented a room and we uh, rented a, uh, an apartment and shared a room. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, so we are, we are friends. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, so, so one Christmas, um, she's, uh, everything's, you know, closed. So uh, school's closed and everything. So I... When I was going to my sister, I lived in Boston. I w was going to my sister in Virginia for the Christmas. And my roommate was also going to her sister's house. Mm -hmm. 
in Connecticut mm -hmm. for Christmas. Uh, her sister's husband uh, was working, uh, was uh, actually studying at Yale at that time. So we took a train together um, since it's on the way. And uh, just uh, basically um, at the uh, almost near the train station in Connecticut, she said, you know, um, why don't you just um, get off and uh, spend the night at my house, sister's house, and celebrate first before you go to your sister, since you have nothing to do. Mm -hmm. I, I say, yeah, I have nothing to do, absolutely. Um, why not just get off? At those times, it was, uh, you know, free, free as a bird, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you were working on your uh, dissertation? Um, that was at that time, it was, was the holidays. Yeah. That was on the holiday. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I wasn't quite in my dissertation yet. Oh, yeah. I was okay, still, still studying. Studying, yeah. yeah. I was still studying. Okay. And, and so I got off the, uh, with, uh, I got off with my um, friend, my roommate. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then at the uh, station, uh, there were uh, two guys. Mm -hmm. Well, one is uh, my roommate's brother in law. Mm -hmm. And then there was. Uh, Alan, <laughs> that's your husband. Yeah, the, uh, turned out to be turned out to be your husband, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, the way the way they turned up in the happened to be at the station. I mm -hmm. just last minute turned up at, at the station, right? And he turned up at station also at the last minute mm -hmm. because the last minute decision because my roommate's uh, brother-in-law went to Chinatown in New York mm -hmm. to buy all sorts of, uh, you know, Christmas and New Year um, treats or gifts. Treats, or yeah, treats. And, and yes. he, he was, uh, he went into Chinatown. He saw, he's an old friend of my husband since, since childhood. Mm -hmm. And my husband was just walking around Chinatown by himself. Okay, <laughs> so you guys met in Chinatown? Not, yeah, my brother, my well, roommate's brother-in-law met him in Chinatown, saw him walking around alone, uh -huh. said, what, poor thing, why are you alone? He said, well, I'm supposed to meet up with somebody. But in those days, there were no cell phone. Right. So <laughs> and the other guy just disappeared. Don't know who, mm -hmm. where he How went. How to contact so, him. So, and, yeah. you know, so, the, so, the, so my... Roommate's brother-in-law said, "Why don't you come to Connecticut and spend Christmas rather than walking around Chinatown? Poor thing, you know." So he got into his car, his own car. Mm -hmm. So he followed uh, by um, uh, the the brother-in-law to uh, the train to to his home. Mm -hmm. And the brother-in-law said, "Oh, it's midnight. I have to go and pick up my, you know, sister, uh, my wife's sister." Uh, why don't you come with me? Uh, so he said, okay, I've got nothing to do. I will go. Mm -hmm. uh, so he got into a car and that's how, that's, we met. How... that's how we met at the station. Right. So it was totally coincidental because you hadn't planned on being there and he hadn't planned on being there. Yeah. And I think he was... He, then, he said, then he said to me, it's fate. It's fate or it's destiny fate. that you guys... It's, yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that he uh, offered to uh, take me to Virginia mm -hmm. in his car. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, you know, I am driving there uh, to, I'm on mm -hmm. the, it's completely on my way to, he, he was uh, studying at University of Virginia. He said, oh, your sister's place is completely on, the, on my way to, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. At that time, I was uh, totally naive a little bit. Naive, no. naive, and also, you know, he was driving a BMW. I thought, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> he seems safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seems safe. Yeah. <laughs> so I just say yes. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and uh, so it was a very long drive, uh -huh. you know. So we talked a lot and uh, and and got to my sister's place. It was a very long drive, you know, uh, from Connecticut to Virginia to my sister's house. Uh, she she lived in uh, Sterling at that time, mm -hmm, Northern mm -hmm. Virginia. So uh, it was also late at night. So. So he stayed in the basement, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then I stayed upstairs. And then the uh, next day, he said, "You know, it's destiny." <laughs> so he was he, love, he, at, love at first sight. And he said, "You have to marry me." This oh is my fate. gosh! <laughs> so this is the second day that he had met you. I mean, yeah, right? pretty, pretty so, much. And he, yeah, he so, oh, so he wanted to get married. Uh, my goodness. And what did you say? I said, you are, you are crazy. <laughs> so, uh, so, but anyway, we parted and uh, I gave him my telephone number. So from Virginia, he called me every single day. Oh, boy, when I was serious. in Boston by long distance. There were no cell phones those days. And those days, long distance call was not easy. It was yeah. a little bit expensive. expensive. Oh, he has a BMW, though, you know. It's, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> so that okay. was how, you know, he kept on calling for like a couple months. Mm -hmm. And then he said, you know, okay, um, after this, I'm going to go home. Go back to Taiwan unless you marry me mm -hmm. because I don't have a PR. <laughs> you guys got married because he needed a PR. <laughs> but no, I, don't I, know. I know, I know, I know. Right, right. So you guys got married in, I, I think it was six months. Mm -hmm. Was it within six months since you guys first met each other? To getting married. Like I said, that is not very Asian like. Usually the process is long, but you're both your families were. No, totally so I told my it. parents. Um, my father said, "Oh, his father went to Harvard. He's like, he and I are like they never met, but he said, oh, we are like classmates then.' Okay. Oh, so he, in fact, this is the first time my father and my mother came all the way from Australia to America. Okay, just for the wedding. Just for the wedding. Well, yeah. Well, uh, and he's, <laughs> His parents, uh, his father already passed away. His mother also thought was, you know, was, you know, um, proper. Proper. Mendang uh, okay. you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, we're. Perfectly matched, I Perfectly guess, right? matched, yeah. Perfectly matched. Okay, so you both got married, and uh, did you, and, and then at the time, um, at the time, I think you were still studying. Yes. You hadn't gotten your degree yet. Um, and then after you graduated, Graduated, you got a job. Was that with World Bank, right? No, that, no, was, that was with the department. Oh, right, department. Uh, we, we got married, and uh, he supported me for my PhD. Okay, great. After we great. got married, because mm -hmm. he, he he got a job in Boston, mm -hmm. and actually uh, in uh, New Hampshire, it was on the border of Boston. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and digital equipment. Oh, that was a very big, very large, very big company then, but it's it now. <laughs> um, 
It was it was like as big as IBM at that time, but it's called Deck, but it's okay. no longer exists. It's dead. Um, Your husband was working for them, is yeah, that right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so so he supported me through the uh, PhD. Okay. Uh, and that's how I got my dissertation written. Oh, uh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. That that helps a lot to have a not have to worry about anything. You can just focus. Yeah. You had a year. Yeah, you know, that, that's, uh, that's uh, the time when I uh, when my uh, when I was in the dissertation stage, I got right. the uh, interview and everything. Okay. So um, with that, I uh, you guys obviously had uh, a couple of daughters. Right after a few years, I think. Yeah, after and six years we had. After six years, you had um, a, a, your daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, how did you? How are you? How are you able to balance your work life and your family life? Because it's always the case with women that are in the business that they have to make certain choices and and things like that. And how how did you? Uh, balance your family life with your work. Yeah, it was uh, it was not easy. Um, of course, the first thing we did was to get a nanny. Mm -hmm. But um, the thing is, we got a nanny even before we uh, uh, had children, because oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got married. When we got married, I told my husband, "Look, uh, I got to work. I'm I'm uh, I'm not a stay home." woman, you right. know. Housewife, stay-at-home housewife, right. Yeah, not right. one of those types. Yeah. That he said, uh, that's why I marry you. Oh. So I, I, I like strong women. Okay. <laughs> I like, uh, yeah. Yeah, but you were really upfront there with him. I mean, it was yeah, the same Yeah, thing yeah, yeah. Well. And then, yeah. so, uh, as far as the housework mm -hmm. concerned, we, we have to do half each. Okay, and, yeah. And the, you, you cook for three days, I cook mm -hmm. three days. Mm -hmm. And, and the, when they left, we go out. Okay, but that never worked out. That, that sounds, never worked out. <laughs> that sounds exactly like my story. Okay, yeah, we take turns. I'll do four days, I said, and he could do two days, but we definitely had to have a date night. But that didn't work out either. That no, that it just doesn't work out. that way. But so, you have a nanny, or so, an so we said, okay, we had a nanny, so yeah, we hired yeah, a nanny, yeah, because uh, not for the babies, it's for us. Mm -hmm. We couldn't, we could, we couldn't live like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we had, we had many things. Both of us worked, mm -hmm. so you know. Yeah. So our salary went to the nanny, right. which, uh, right, which, that, which was how we lived. So we had a nanny even before we had babies. Okay. What a life! <laughs> Take care of all the housework. You don't have to work, work, uh, deal with that. Yeah. Um, so. I think uh, my uh, daughter inherited that. Yeah. So that's what I was going to bring, come up to is that you have two beautiful, talented daughters now, yeah. and they both have very different jobs and, yes. and very different than, than what you have. So yeah. as a mother or as a professional woman, how do you um, feel or what do you think about what they are doing to, towards empowering women in in this, I, I can say this this decade or at, at, in these times compared to, you uh, know, when you uh, were. I mean it's a very different world now, uh, very very different world now. That at that time, yeah, I mean you had to struggle mm -hmm. 
in workplace uh, at home in the neighborhood even as I said I house somehow I live in a neighborhood where everybody else not worked <laughs> the women did not work right. um, so when even when talking to them it was very difficult to to make friends mm -hmm. um, you know and then uh, but anyway that uh, that was really difficult to uh, uh, but the thing is how to encourage them in, in I didn't have to do anything myself. I was by example. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm, I'm, my example may not be the right example because what happened is I had this job with the World Bank where I travel 90, to, 90 days to 120 days a year. Year. Yeah, three to four months a year, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I was always out. So um, when they grew up, they I had this nanny and my husband mm -hmm. all the time. So my husband was nanny supervisor, but uh, uh, he was the like the the teacher who uh, uh, coached my age. But his idea about children was uh, they should be happy. Mm -hmm. That's it. They gave them no pressure, and they could uh, do whatever they want. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm the other way. I, I want to give them some pressure, but. <laughs> I was never around. I was never around to give right. any pressure. Mm -hmm. So um, I think they had a happy childhood mm -hmm. <laughs> with no pressure. Well, they both turned out quite well, very successful in their own ways. I think, uh, I think they got used to uh, women have to work. Mm -hmm. And that, in fact, when they were little, they would uh, uh, look at me after three. If I was home for more than three months, they would look at me and say, Hey, mommy, how come you're still home? <laughs> I said, oh no, <laughs> they, want, they don't want me here. <laughs> but anyway, they got used to me leaving every three months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just got used to seeing them every three months. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. And uh, they, uh, they, because I was in totally independent, mm -hmm. I think they become independent women on their own. Mm. I think it's more an example and more that uh, uh, they also had to be more independent because I wasn't around mm -hmm. to tell them what to do. Yeah. So they had to be very independent and make their own decisions about what to do. Okay. Yeah. But I think it's personalities that uh, uh, they just have such different personalities, mm -hmm. almost completely opposites. Really? <laughs> so Interesting. It, it turned out that way, and mm -hmm. uh, I think I didn't do anything to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so which daughter is more like you? I think my older daughter. Oh, older daughter? Uh, older. Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah, Cheryl. Yeah, yeah, okay. So Sarah is more like your uh, husband? Yes. Yeah, okay. I think he goes. <laughs> he's very artistic as well. Right? He's very artistic. Yeah. He's, right. uh, he's a good singer. Oh, okay. He had a band. You know, oh, yeah. interesting. But okay. uh, his uh, his mother wanted, like in the old days, one wanted him to have a real job. Like so, he went into accountancy. Mm -hmm. He went into finance, oh. MBA. So that was his route. His entire family has MBA. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but he was uh, never uh, that interesting. That and uh, so he ended up studying uh, starting his uh, own music business in uh, audio equipment. Oh, excellent. So he yeah. didn't like what he did and he 
started doing something that he really liked to do. Yeah, he, so, really he, so he stayed home because he, uh, he was a stay-at-home mom plus um, uh, company manager because he just, he just managed from home. So he was a stay-at-home mom even before stay-at-home moms were popular. Because in the recent years, in the recent, I mean, because more and more professional women are working abroad yeah. um, compared to uh, yeah. men. So yeah. very interesting. So he, you yeah. have two perfectly brought up daughters that I'm sure you are very yeah. proud of. But uh, um, in terms of, um, you know, final thoughts of what your experiences have taught you and, and um, do you have any insights that you can share um, maybe to other women that, that are thinking about taking the same road as you did or, or? Well, never give up, keep on trying. Oh, and, and never, um, yeah, I, I mean, one of the key problems in, the, uh, in my work life, uh, even as more women got into the workforce, mm -hmm. was women was always, uh, um, you know, you can be in the workforce, mm -hmm. but you were not in the upper, it's very, there's, there was a very big glass ceiling. Ceiling, exactly. In my days, definitely, mm -hmm. in my days, there was a lot of, uh, very, uh, you can be, get to a certain level, there, but never up. But even that time, my uh, Korean boss, I had mm -hmm. one Korean boss, said, you know, um, uh, I really like uh, Shirley. She's a secretary. Mm -hmm. You know, she's really good. She never wanted a promotion. She wanted to stay home. Even though she's eligible for a promotion, she doesn't want a promotion because she said she wants to go home and look after her husband. That is what a good woman should be. She's, he was telling me this. Oh, he was saying that that's you know, the wrong thing to say, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. No, no, I was not very pleased. But anyway, okay. but I had different bosses later on. And, you know, it was very hard for mm. me to... It, it, then, you know, I mean, it certainly it was very hard for me to get ahead in, uh, as I was trying to uh, get promoted and all that. But um, still, I think I got to the level where I could, I could be, and, uh, um, and I was able to retire at a time uh, uh, where I had so many projects in all these different countries, which I felt pretty proud of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've achieved a lot. Yeah, so, um, um, yeah. Uh, I, uh, maybe one last word. <laughs> now I'm totally retired from my work. I have nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, since then my husband passed away mm -hmm. and I had a stroke. Mm -hmm. So uh, my life is, co I have different thoughts now completely from my work life. Right. Yeah, I, yeah I, I now, uh, I'm now a Christian. Mm -hmm. I believe in God. Mm -hmm. And I wish I actually uh, believed in God at that time because mm -hmm. I had a very stressful life throughout the 30 years. I think it was very, um, I, everything, I bought everything, I, had, I felt I had to do everything myself. Mm -hmm. Even when I uh, was leaving, leaving my job, but the one who was taking over my job said, said to me, um, look, you are doing three people's job. I don't know how you manage. So I was three people's job. You're a woman. You can do that. Yeah, a lot so of women do I, that, so right? I was Juggle three job. Yeah, yeah, I was multitasking yes, as yes. a rule, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so 
many people said that to me actually. <laughs> How come you didn't manage to do so many things yeah. at the same time? Yeah. But I got used to it. Mm -hmm. But that brought a lot of stress on me. Yeah. And I, I wish that I had a sort of a spiritual side to me that I could go to. Well, well it's never too late. So, you know, you can still um, enjoy, you can enjoy yourself now. You've got this uh, spiritual uh, backing. Um, you can uh, know that you've done a lot through your career and your life, and you're here to enjoy. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, I think my, uh, I actually thank God that my daughters have grown to be, you know, perfectly um, strong women on yes. their own. Yes, they definitely uh, are very strong. And would help me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. anyway, May, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if it, anybody is interested in learning a little bit more about Dr. Chung's um, background, we have her biography here. You can find it on Amazon, and it's called May Chu Chung, Empowering Girls in the Middle East and Beyond. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today. This is Sharon Landon signing off from Old Asian Ladies Show. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.